Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts Off the Post. I'm Mike Murphy, joined, as always, by Tom Urch, Jr. YOLO. Uh, We had a very long flagship show, even though before the show I told you, Tom, I'm very tired. I don't know how long I can go tonight. And then I think we did like a 55-minute show. Um, We have kind of a light mailbag that is kind of of focused on one theme, which, unsurprisingly, is uh, Igor Shosturkin. Got called up. A lot of people want to know what we think about that, but um, I'm going to start doing a new tradition, Tom, with Off the Post. Are you okay. ready? Sure. I want, I'm going to ask you a question because, you know, for some people who follow the show, I've been in their ear for a very long time and you've been in their ear for a significantly less amount of time. So we're going to call this uh, Mike's, Mike's Softball Pitch to Tom to start off the show. It's a very long title for a segment. I'll work on it. I'm just going to call it Down the Middle. Tom, what was your favorite live-action children's-themed movie growing up? Mine was Hook. That is a tough one. See, everyone has the, what's your favorite Disney movie? Like, what's your favorite like Disney movie growing up? Oh, my favorite Disney growing up was Toy Story. Yeah, see, I was... I'm a little older than you. I was big on Aladdin. I was big on uh, Mulan. I liked Mulan a lot. And then Toy Story was unreal, of course. Mm-hmm. But live action kids' movies don't age well. There's very few of them. And I love the movie Hook. So if I'm thinking, if it was the first one that came to mind, but that was Jumanji. Jumanji's a very good answer. I like that answer. And now I'm sad that Robin Robin Williams. Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I miss him. Robin Williams. He was so good. Anyway, on that uh, sobering note, Tom, we have a couple questions. You're going to read them off this week. We're going to shake it up. Like a a shake and bake. First question. Something else you shake. I don't know. From Panero in 2020. Hey, Mike and Tom. With the Shashurkin call-up, what do you think happens when Hank is back? Do you think the Rangers have a hard time sending Igor back down? So I think when this question was originally asked, the news had just broke because there was some uh, th- there were some conflicting reports that Hank was still sick. So yeah, with it, the flu or something. Yeah. yeah, but as it turns out, Lundqvist is going to be the backup tomorrow. Um, what are your thoughts, Mike? How do you think this situation shakes out yeah so this all really depends on what happens into like if Shesterkin has a great game let's say he has like you know a two a two goals against game or less um you know, Tom and I were recording while the Islanders actually just shut out the Colorado Avalanche one to nothing which means that Colorado will almost guaranteed be fired up and ready to, to do whatever they can do to pile up goals in the Rangers so best of luck to to Igor but 
like in a in a world Tom where Igor Shosturkin has like a one save like one goals against 29 or like 32 save game can you really send him back down <laughs> like you could but you could he like it no he wouldn't like it and it would be an interesting message to send and the thing that's so interesting to me about it is you can't send down Georgie right we can't do it wouldn't wouldn't be uh I don't think it would go over well with him. Well he is Yurgev is not waivers exempt. That's the thing, from what I understand. Uh just check cap friendly and that is indeed the case. Um so uh, and then what happens? I mean, this is a situation that the Rangers are kind of courting or welcoming, you know, or at least they're this is a risk they're willing to take. But again, it's like a, a problem you want to have. But I guess, you know, they really want to see what they have with Igor. And what better way to do that than against Colorado? But in a world where, let's say, he has a great game and they say, Igor, uh, we love you. We'll see you soon. But we have to send you back down so you get playing time. Um, and then do the, does that put the Rangers in a position where they're more willing to part with Georgiev, does it mean anything changes? I don't know. It's tough to say. What do you think, Tom? Well, it's good that you bring that up because that's exactly our next question. Do you, oh! from, from Micah Kellner, do you think this is just a test to see how well his, meaning Igor, skill yeah. translate to playing at the NHL level or is a Georgiev trade imminent? I personally think the Rangers have been listening on Georgiev because they want to get a feel of what the offers are going to be so they have a baseline. So that as the year goes on, they can see, okay, this goalie got hurt. There's now more of a, of a sense of urgency. So if the price was a third, now it's a second. They can sort of see where things are going. And if they've got a very best offer or if there's still room for improvement. I think this is going to be a case-by-case basis um, to see how his skills translate to the NHL level, but that's just me. What are your thoughts? I feel like they probably just want to see exactly where his game is. I mean, right now he has, what is it, Tom, like a 932 save in the AHL. Um, he's undoubtedly Ben Hartford's most valuable player. Like, that goes to that saying, as good as Joey Keane has been, and, you know, you know Fogarty and, of course, Vinny Terry have been fine, but it's really been, like, since Filipino got called up, like, it no longer became a competition that it was Shesterkin. Um I feel like they just want to see where he is, and I don't blame them. Uh, and, you know, I feel like they've kind of gotten to see plenty of what just, like, of what Georgiev and Lundqvist are all about. They know what they have there to, you know, in the greater scope of things this might just be the that evaluation game that little cup of coffee we're expecting uh just cup of coffee get. in the big a little, time a little cup of coffee kid put on your big pants yeah Ooh, that's yeah. how we ended up here um but he's earned it that's the thing it's like i know it might create a headache especially in the locker room for you know technically your will be a healthy scratch which i'm sure might be an odd message to send him but like you can't pretend Igor didn't earn every little bit of this, right? Like, I'm a big fan of of so like 
rewarding guys. Meritocracy. Uh, yeah, especially like I love that the Rangers did call up Stephen Fogarty, and even though it made me sad that like oh that could have been Leah Sanderson, like that that dawned on me. But like I was like yeah, Fogarty's been great. Bring him up. He he he's the captain of the of the Wolf Pack. He's done everything right. He earned it. Bring him up. So I have an actually interesting question, and I'm not looking to uh, think negatively at all, but. Does this situation now make Alexander Gorgiev, at least for tomorrow, the unofficial emergency goaltender? Like, I know that all teams have to have an emergency goaltender present in the event that someone gets hurt because you have to have a backup available. Would that be Gorgiev, or is he not allowed to... That is a great question. Like, if your team does carry three goalies on the roster... Can you make your emergency backup a guy who's under contract, or must it be an amateur? Yeah, like, I don't know the answer to that, and by the time this goes live, the game will have been played, and someone might... need to ask Jeff Merrick that question. It seems like something Merrick would know. That's a good point. I might do that. Um, So, next question from Alex Khalifa. Who will come out of the lineup for Libra Hayek? Personally, I think it's a little early for that. Um, I think the plan is for him to skate with the Wolfpack first. But if I had to guess, maybe Mark Stahl at first. Because um, I wouldn't take out Lindgren. Because he's... It would kind of be counterproductive to... You gave take, Lindgren a C, you son of a bitch. It's average. He's not been great. He's not been terrible. He's... Right in the middle. I'm going to scissor kick you from the shadows. Okay. I'm going to cover my legs in scissors and <laughs> kick you in the mouth. Uh, ah, in, a, in a world that is just, it would be Mark Stahl. In the world we live in, it'll be Ryan Lindgren. That's my answer. Because the world is not just or fair, Tom. Yeah. That's uh, unfortunate, the world that it's most likely going to be. But I wouldn't do that. Um, World by Mike. Hey, someone with the name Mike in their uh, Twitter handle. Um, what criteria do you use to evaluate the respective performances of Gorgiev versus Shesti, assuming he stays? Shesti will have a smaller sample comparatively, but is older and has already played in a men's league. It seems that a Gorgi trade is a foregone conclusion. So... What are our criteria? Um, I think the regular numbers we look at now, um, goal saved above average, five on five save percentage, um, you know, shot danger, you know, low danger, medium danger, high danger, those sort of things. And also considering the opponents he plays, obviously you're not going to learn a ton um but i think you'll learn somewhat quickly how adjusted he is sort of how it became apparent very early that he was too good for the ahl admittedly it'll take longer for the nhl and you know goalies are voodoo and i think henrik lundquist is like one of the only goalies over 
the last decade who's had uh, a semblance of consistency in uh, most areas where you could sort of see like, oh, that guy's okay. Um, but I'd say it's pretty much the same how we are been evaluating Gorgiev versus Hank, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's tough because, frankly, one game isn't enough to judge any player. And I think especially for a goalie because goaltending is a position that especially in the world of analytics like you, everyone is struggle struggles to apply you know effective ways to evaluate and research and frankly you know most analytics are about projection right we want to project success and what success looks like uh, which is why people you know we develop things like you know goals above repre- replacement things like you know uh, game score because they're tools to predict performance and to predict a player's natural decline and when they plateau, when they reach their peak. One game, 60 minutes, um, you know, and, you know, probably less than, you know, what is it, less than 50 minutes of five-on-five ice time for Georgiev is not going to be enough. Like, that just goes without saying. If it's a series of games, let's say it's five starts, where we have something of a sample size to work with, um, the things I'm going to pay the most attention to for him, in my opinion, are I really want to look at how he gets, you know, the things that he does that he does well. Because um, he's not a big goaltender. He's just very good at what he does. Uh, and I, I'm really curious about how he handles the speed at this level, the way he reacts to uh, the smaller ice surface with, you know, where chances come from in, you know, the North American game. Because, uh, you know, I think there's a lot more action in the slot uh, than what you might see in a league like the KHL, where the ice is more open. It's conducive to players who play the perimeter game. Um, but so far, he's, I mean, the numbers in the AHL don't lie. Uh, but, you know, the, the goaltending numbers that I pay the most attention to, I think it goes without saying, like expected save percentage versus actual save percentage, specifically five on five goaltending stats and the danger stats like uh, there are goalies who you want your goalies to just make saves all the time on the low and medium danger chances right tom uh but something that has separated henrik lundquist from so many of his peers and competitors is like he erases things that should be goals which is you know why his goals saved above average stats are some of the best of the last decade but we're talking about a decade's worth of numbers. We'd, we're not going to get that with one game of uh, Igor. I just really want him to seem calm, composed. I want to see how he does when there are defensive breakdowns because they're going to be there. And, you know, for Georgiev and Lundqvist, like, I look at their numbers and I, I measure their workload against the rest of the league. So I say, like, how many chances are they facing each game? And what we know, and we've learned this painfully as people who analyze and research the Rangers... The defense on the Rangers allows more chances than any other team. They put their goalies, they ask the most of their goalies, uh, you know, in terms of the workload, what they expect them to do. It's not easy to be a Rangers goalie, so it's going to be really not easy for Igor Shosturkin, even though he's older than Georgiev. So there's a lot to pay attention to, but no matter what happens, if he allows five goals in two periods and gets pulled, I'm not going to worry at all. I don't know about you, but I'm just not going to worry. It's it's his first start. I mean, just the fact that he's here is fun. It's just a fun thing 
and we need to see a lot of hockey before we can start making determinations about what he is or isn't or whether or not he's ready to be here all indicate all indications point to this the fact that he is ready to be in the nhl yeah i agree with everything you said there um we will be very happy if he were to have a shutout um, sort of like how people were happy when uh, Skapsky did that way back when against the Buffalo Sabers. Um, Skapsky, wow, what a what a pull, Tommy. Yeah, I kept that one in my back pocket for. I quite have a vacation. random. I almost said this on the on the flagship. Do you remember a Rangers goalie named Vorobiev? I don't. Okay, I'll look this up while uh, you read the next question then, because sure. I know. I said there's a little tidbit about like uh, that Shesterkin will be the first Russian-born goalie uh, to play for the Rangers, but I, th- I feel like the Rangers had a goalie, but maybe it's to start for the Rangers because I feel like like back in the 2000s or something like uh, they had acquired at least acquired a goalie named Vropiev. Anyway, keep going. I'll, I'll look it up. I'm very curious now. Lucky enough for you, this is a two-parter, so you'll have enough time to look it up. So this oh, is goody, from, goody. this is from Kevin Mead. With Igor's call-up and no corresponding move seeming imminent, do you think that in, instead of addressing the league-worst defense, the plan is to sit a D-man and just play two goalies at the same time every night? No, I don't think they're going to do that, but it would be hilarious if they tried. Uh on a more serious part two of the question on a more serious note do you think this is a the rangers want to make the playoffs move and does that indicate that they see goaltending as a more pressing issue than the defense or do you see this as more of a necessary move in a development season uh, i don't think it's a rangers want to make the playoffs move because if you're move to try and make the playoffs is to promote Igor Shashirkin. I don't quite know what you're doing, um, especially what we know of how Hank and Gorgiev have played on the whole. Uh, Sean Tierney had a thread about this earlier today that you can check out in terms of performance. Um, I think it's a simple answer. He's played well in Hartford. As so, he was named an all-star. The Rangers have eight games the rest of the month. They have a pretty wide-open schedule, part of the all-star break, and now is a good time to give Igor a game because before you know it, it's going to be the trade deadline, and you don't want to be fucking around with stuff like that uh, so close to the deadline when you don't even know what you're going to do with um, Gorgiev. So... I think it's he earned it, number one. They want to get a look and, and see how he does. Um, and it also, you know, creates create some intrigue in teams that are interested in trading for Gorgiev. So it's uh, a number of different things, you know, just wrapped in a, a convenient bundle. I agree with all that. Like, I don't have much to add to that, really. Like, I, I wouldn't mind two goalies in the net. It certainly couldn't be any worse than what we have now, right? <laughs> Nothing can be uh, worse. And I looked Defensive. it up, Tom. I was not completely crazy. There's a goalie. His name was Vitaly Yuramayev. 2000-2001, uh, he started three games for the Rangers, but he was born in Kazakhstan. 
Uh, he was the first pick of the ninth round in the 1994 draft. Um, and that was all the NHL action he played. He had an 846 save percentage in three starts for the Rangers. Yeah, I, I agree with your initial point that the way they worded the tweet made it sound like there might have been someone else because, like, um, Gorgiev is from Bulgaria, so it's, although it's, um, I think, like, from a region perspective, like, I don't know if it was once, uh, you know, part of Russia, no longer, like, more so, like, part of the Soviet Union, no longer a part of it type of deal. Um, yeah. But it, it reminds like- me there's a there's a Riveters player in the NWHL. Her name is Tatiana Shatilova. She plays for the Russian national team, but she's Belarusian. Like she was born in Belarus. Oh, okay. So like I think that happens quite a bit with uh with players from that part of the world where you have you know, it's very it's not uncommon to see players who are born in one country but you know, they develop or they represent a different country, and I feel like a lot of uh, there might be some incentive to try to represent Team Russia as opposed to you know Team Belarus. You might get further in your career, but um, yeah. The last question we have is from Jason Silberman. How would you assess the play of Ryan Lindgren, 20-year-old left-handed defenseman who's played decent, but with Keandre, Rakov, Hayek, and more in the mix in the next few years? Where do you predict Lindgren lands? Third pair left-handed defense or seventh D on the Rangers, AHL, or elsewhere? Um, The left side is pretty much open. You have Shea, who signed long-term. Stahl has one more year after this one. And then it's, like you said, you have Lindgren and Hayek who are have played in the NHL. Rikoff, who started the season hurt, so he hasn't gotten a look yet. Uh, Keandre on the horizon, and then also um, you know Robertson, who Matthew Robertson, who they drafted uh, 49th overall in the most recent draft. Uh, Lindgren, I think, he ends up. As a seventh defenseman on this team, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if he's someone they move in like a prospect for prospect trade, much like the Rangers have done in the past, whether it's like with Matt Bodie, Ryan Graves, that type of thing, where it's someone that who once had potentials, a little older, is um, not quite in the mix, but they're sort of moving him along as a favor. Um, your thoughts, Mike? I feel like where he is right now, the third pair uh, on that left side is really... It, it might seem unfair to say this, Tom, but like I feel like that's all you should really hope or expect him to be, right? I, he doesn't really have the puck skills. He doesn't really seem to have the awareness in the neutral zone, um, you know, coming out of zone zone to be a top four guy, and that's fine. He doesn't have to be a top four guy to be an NHL player to be even a valuable player. Uh, I feel like he's done. He's done and said a lot of. I, I get the impression he's one of those guys that has said and done everything that like David Quinn and Lindy Ruff want to hear in the locker room in terms of like a young guy who just knows his role, tapes up a stick before the game, and you can tell he's working hard and keeping it simple. And like that's a credit to him. But I mean. Uh, 
every time I look at the the underlying numbers for the Rangers and I look at Lundgren's you know metrics I say to myself like yeah okay like it's clear that he's not a exactly a boon to whoever's on his right side you know um, and that's okay because again we talked about this in the flagship a little bit when we were grading everyone and you and I uh, you know I think I had Lindgren in B land just based on what my expectations were and you had him in, as a C like I don't expect Lindgren to look comfortable and fitting into the NHL right now especially on this defense I would like for him to be closer to the, that player next year but you know, we expected Lieber Hayek to be here. He's hurt, so we have Lindgren. And I'm fine with him being a third-pair guy. In a perfect world, he's the seventh defenseman. Um, but the Rangers' left side is what it is. And we have Ryan Lindgren now. Um, it would be really nice if there's a way to a way for the Rangers to do something different with their defense and their pairings, but this is where we are. It makes you wonder why the team seemed unwilling to move Brendan Smith back to the blue line when Libor had his injury. Do you remember, Tom, when it, when it when it happened, the game where it happened? Like Lindy Ruff's comment on the bench was, he didn't want to throw Brendan Smith into that situation where, he, like, he played him on defense as natural position, like in a game where Lieber Hayek went down with an injury, so the Rangers played with 5D for the rest of the game. Do you remember that this year? Oh, is that when Lindy's like, oh, they, they, they play, uh, or they play, like, fast or something? That's or it, yep. Yes. They come bogus, hard and they heavy come or hard. Yeah. That's it. It was, they come hard, and we don't want to put Brandon in that situation. Uh, and I, I remember it was one of those moments where I'm so glad we have, like, smart TVs and stuff, because I, I had to press rewind and listen to him say it, like, three times. I was like, are you out of your mind? He's a, he's a natural defenseman. It's like, you know, it's like when you're trying to train a horse to serve you dinner as a waiter. It's like, ah, we got to move, you know, the plow outside. I don't want to put the horse in that position. That plow is heavy. But that's what he was doing. That's what he's been doing for years before we started trying to make him a butler. Nope. Don't want to do it to the horse. Joe confusing. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, Lindgren is fine as what he is. I just, I think it would be much like, I categorize him, Tom, maybe this will make sense to you. I categorize Lindgren in the same um, little pool in my head where I have Brendan Lemieux, wherein... He's a younger guy, so he could be here as part of the team in this build or whatever you call it. I just don't think he's a fixture. I think he's a spare part or an ancillary piece, like a complementary part of this where he could be here or gone. His success or failure in terms of development will not impact the end result. I think it's an accurate statement. Nothing against him or Brendan Lemieux, for that matter. I just don't... They're not... They're not, you know, valuable in terms of guys who make an impact on a nightly basis. They're just guys. Yeah, certainly for a team with who has future Stanley Cup aspirations. Yeah, because that's... The end goal of this team is to, to get back to what the Rangers, you know, were at the height of their powers. 
um, you know, in the Lundquist era, and you know, obviously they strayed from that. So fixing the defense would be a big help because in those years, I think the defense was the team's greatest weakness, other than you know the lack of, you know, maybe you know the top center and also the lack of I don't know spending countless millions of dollars trying to buy talent and it never really panning out. But that's for a podcast of another day, Tom. Yeah. It's a light one today um, in terms of questions. A lot of it was surrounding Igor because that is the news of, of the day. And we covered that on the uh, the main show. But as always, we thank you for those who submitted questions. Um, you know, if you have more questions that you'd like to, you know, submit us, you can become a, a patron and, uh, you know, you can get special perks and stickers and mugs and hopefully some other fun things in the future. And uh, I think that's about it, Mike. Uh, any any lingering thoughts you would like to leave our listeners with? Nope. Uh, we said it already, but I hope everyone's having a good, uh, good start there in our new year. Remember to take care of yourselves. Have a good year. Um, and we'll be, we're happy to be with you for 2020 as the Rangers go through their growing pains. And we'll make sure to talk about the nice things like Adam Fox and Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad Igor Shosturkin maybe Tom Ooh, Filipino yeah we didn't give I don't think we gave Filipino nearly enough love when we graded everyone I agree I wanted him as an A but you said a B and folks that means Tom's a bad person good night I wouldn't say I'm a bad person I said good night Tom well good night Mike good night everyone (laughs) 